so this is a recording um, that happened in 2020. This is when I first started my therapy journey. And um, I wanted to use this as material to kind of go back on and reflect on what I've learned and, you know, how far I've come. But I just, I guess I realized as a person who actually has access to quite a lot of therapy and so many other people have access to none, um, probably way more useful to share. Hey Jess, how's it going?
I'm okay. Yeah, I guess uh, last year was like really training for this year. I mean, <laughs> just when you thought, you know, couldn't get any. Oh wow, it's I don't know. It's 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 really an incredible time for me because I feel like maybe I've just developed the skill set to literally deal with anything. So, um, are you feeling safe? Um, yeah. Yeah, but there's a couple things that I really feel like I'm starting to understand. Like, so do you remember how I told you um, I sent an email, you know, to a couple moms and then some of those moms didn't respond in the way that I wanted them to respond, right? So it kind of made me feel like, okay, that now I get to make a choice about if I want those people to be in, you know, in my life in the future. And for most of them, it was like, no, right? But then I don't know if I told you this, but some of them are, um, like, friends with um, some of my, my neighbors, right? And it was just kind of like, okay, so the kind of, I feel like the cutoff then extends to, <laughs> at least for me, I don't know, to my neighbors too, where it's like, I don't really, I'm not choosing those people either. And then... And then it's just kind of weird because I feel like, um, I don't know, there's some expectation that, like, I'm supposed to be a role model or, like, some, I don't, I'm not sure, right? With all of the things that are happening in the world, being, like, a black person who, like, lives on the block, who's, like, visible to these people, like, I suppose, like, I'm, su I'm supposed to have, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure what the expectation is, but, like, I have nothing to offer them. <laughs> like, I don't have any sort of, like, extra compassion now. Like, I don't feel closer. Like, I don't feel the drive to try to be, like, a visible black person for their children. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, like... You know, neighbors. I I really don't know. I don't I don't have any like thing extra to give. As is my point now, and and I feel like one thing that is just very strange, is to um. It's like twofold, right? Like, uh, there's one there's one quote that I, I've been man. I've had quite a few conversations about this. Oh no, do this one day. I've had a few conversations about this quote, but um. I think that it is just very representative of my reality. It, it says, I'm going to try to pull it up. Um, but it basically says, uh, oh shit, where'd it go? It was so good. It's so good. Oh, here it is. So part of my Twitter feed is consumed with civil unrest and racial injustice. The other is entranced with GPT-3. I don't know what GPT-3 is. Oh, okay. So GPT-3 is like this algorithm. Well, it's like a data it's an It's an algorithm in like a data set that OpenAI, which is this like uh, artificial intelligence like research firm, they put out the paper for GPT-3 because they'd been advertising it for a while. And it has all these like really new cool features and so they put out the paper, and that means that you can, like, play with the code base. Uh, so it's like a research paper, like a, a new um, 
improvement in AI, right? So half the people are just like, GPT-3, this is so cool. The other half is like, the world is burning around me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just like, this is the same thing that I see. And that's when I realized all my people, like my really small niche, you know, group of black nerds are all going through the same thing. Where it's like, you're literally in tech. Like you're, you know, you're like, you're following AI and ML too. But then you just really realize, okay, like all the, most of the other black people in the world are not in tech. And a lot of them are out protesting and are like rioting. And yeah, and it's, it's crazy too, because if you actually think about the state of the world, most people in the world are not in tech and a lot of countries have actually started rioting. So it's like, I'm seeing videos of New Zealand, everybody's like trotting all over the world, right? And so to have this like group of people though in Silicon Valley who are still not affected by civil unrest. They're literally just like, it was SpaceX this weekend and it was GPT-3 launch. Some people were like saying sorry to their Uber coworkers who were fired over the last week because Uber AI closed its lab. But totally normal day, right? And it's just like, I feel like I'm really starting to like live in this place where I understand what my problems are, like the things that affect me, right? And and like really people like me because like systemic racism, it does impact me. And that um, it's really okay for me to like sit here and be like, stop. Because <laughs> there were, there were like, there was that one, the one t- tweet I read is from another black tech worker. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to be here and I'm going to be like, yo, dude, I see you and I feel what you're saying and I hear you and you're not tripping. And so what I did is I just started like replying to people who were like talking about what was going on because I'm like, you're not invisible and you're not living in the twilight zone. This shit is really happening and it's them. It's those people who are fucked up because they are pretending like something is not wrong. It's the gaslighting. Right. And it's the gaslighting that I feel like I've been seeing for a very long time. It's just now other people are feeling it like when it's so surprised. It's not surprising to me at all. People are like uh, so many Facebook workers are like talking about how they're like walking out now. Like the company is all of a sudden overnight not being trash. Like they've been trash for a really long time. And now you see like when something major happens and you see how they respond, it's like this is how they always respond. This is like so typical. It's it's like they do this all the time, which is why like a lot of people leave. This is why I left. Like people really if it like fucks with you mentally when you're like, do you not see like you are contributing to like helping the world burn and you just truly don't give a shit. And and it's, I don't know. It's like it's really strange to like to sit next to you people who believe like they're so smart, and then they all talk about the world getting better, and they want to go to space, right? And, and I was um I was talking to so one of my closest friends, she worked at like Google X, right? And so she worked with Astro Teller, who's like um um an astrophysicist, right? And he like uh he was talking about why he's not investing in going to space and he's like one of the main if you're if you're talking about anybody who's going to be like the smartest person who'd want to invest in space it'd be this guy and he was saying like i live in the real world like i see the real problems that we're facing as society we can't go to space right now because we haven't fixed the problems we have here she's like yeah yeah pretty deep stuff it's really deep stuff 
one thing that, you know, I found, I mean, man, I'm just saying, like, 2019, I thought it was really shady, but I really gained, I really noticed, like, I have really, truly grown as a person, because, like, I'm actually able to be there for, like, other friends who are just, like, you know, they're just, like, what the fuck is happening, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Right, it's just you've been like, through a major crisis before, and so right. your strategies and coping mechanisms have changed. Yeah. Matured. I mean, yeah, it's incredible. But, I mean, come on. Like, this is fucking insane. And maybe the world is, like, really trying to prepare me for, like, this shit, yes. Because this year is still not as shitty as last year for me. This is, like, nothing. Like, last year was still the worst. worst. It was still, like, it will never, for me, in history, like, nothing will go down as being worse than 2019. That was mm. the year from hell. Like, this is not, this isn't worse to me. But, um, it's bad. It's like, it's not good. And I think that's another thing that I'm also starting to notice. Like, we are, and I'm saying we because I'm talking about like the people who are just like me, the people who see this and who are also like black in tech and kind of realize, oh my God, there's a big ass problem. And those people are not going to solve it for us. Like those AI leaders now, all the researchers who aren't saying shit, those are the people who are, they are literally creating technology that, um, it's being, like, Facebook, right, being used for mass surveillance, for misinformation by the president. Nobody gives a shit. It's like, okay, well, keep going. But at the same time, we really do have skills. And, I mean, these skills can be used to actually build a better society. And, like, we don't have to, like, include them if they're not gonna, like, if they don't give a shit, right? Like, if they're literally sitting here right now in the face of, like, injustice and not doing anything. They're not tweeting anything. They're not saying anything. There's, like, I'm not sure what they're, what they're, how they're engaging in, you know, civic society. But the funny part is, like, these, these are people who are parents, right? (laughs) These are people who are trying to raise kids. Like, what, what type of world are you raising your kid in? Like, that's the thing I couldn't fathom, right? Like, I had to send those the email to those moms, and I, I couldn't pretend like nothing was going wrong. I crashed the car because shit was going wrong. Like, things were not okay for me. Like, things were not good. I was not sitting there, like, pretending like they were good when they weren't good. Like, they were bad. They were real, real bad, right? And it's like, I understand what the protesters are doing. I understand what the rioters are doing. The the rioters were me last year. Like you just it's like literally when you run out of the logic is gone, right? The 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 reasoning is gone. You can you don't you're not in a place where you can rationalize anymore. There's like a a girl who's talking about how she's lost three brothers to police brutality. Like they're dead. Three dead brothers to police brutality. Like there's no more, like, voting for her. Like, I get it. Like, she's way past, like, you know, having a fucking conversation. Like, I, I get it, you know? Like, yeah. And I, I guess there's a, a whole other part. Like, it's, I, it's, there's, it's, not, it's not rational, so how can you... Exactly. How, how can you meet it with... It's like, you, it's what you were saying, what you've been saying so much of, like, why you kind of went into the mental hospitals, like... I can't have a rational conversation here. So the only rational thing for me to do is to be irrational. Exactly. Yes. And I feel like so many people, 
there's this is this is layered right this is so layered i think i saw um is it john stewart i think or talk of not john stewart oh my god um Stephen Colbert, uh, in his most recent um, piece, he really, he just did a really great job of, like, talking about, like, how this is layered, and it's been layered for so long, and he gave, like, 17 different examples that really, like, lead you to where we are now, but I do feel like for many, many Americans, they haven't been following along with this story. Like, they've been on the other side of the narrative. Like, they don't they don't think that like white supremacy is a thing like they don't really feel that like black people are at any disadvantage now because they have one or two examples of of black people being successful and they're saying everybody could pull themselves up by their bootstraps there's you people just aren't doing it you know like you you could really do it and it's like um no like the people who who are successful are anomalies and they have overcome this like level of of oh my gosh like (laughs) like or like what you've said earlier like have had to hurt themselves or even prostitute themselves like in the entertainment system oh definitely yeah Hmm. And I think it's weird because if if one person does that, that cannot be the expectation for everybody, right? Which is why it's unrealistic. This is why the system doesn't work, right? Like if um like if I know that I have to sell 100 pigs or something to get a song on the radio, I can't just assume that everybody's going to have 100 pigs to sell. Like, they just, they literally don't, right? Like, you just might not have any pigs. Then what do you do? You just can't get your song, you know? And that's, that's what I mean. So, so the, 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 the whole system in America is supposed to be, like, built on structures that create opportunity for everyone, which is why, and I feel like, um, a lot of people don't understand that the, the, the public resources that are available to them are not available to everyone. Like, people might, especially, like, black students might go to a a segregated neighborhood public school, but it's not providing those students with an education that prepares them to really engage in civic society or be competitive in capitalism so what is the purpose then of that education because they can't actually change the system politically to benefit themselves and they can't contribute to capitalism like that's the part that really it really fucked with me like I know to get to Facebook I actually had to be better than a lot of other people like I had to compete in capitalism it wasn't just like I showed up with this, like, bare minimum credential, and they were like, okay, yeah, you met the minimum standard bar, and now you get in. It was like, no, like, I had to be better than other people who've been training their whole lives to, like, be competitive in capitalism, and then after beating all of those people out, then I got the opportunity, and it's like, I can, there's no reasonable I, I would not be a reasonable person if I expected, like, all my cousins to also be able to do that. That's an unreasonable expectation. Like, I know how many fucking, like, 
hoops I had to jump through to like get there. And I was doing shit, like, I was also doing that shit while, like, raising a child and, like, supporting a home. And, like, like it was, I can't expect other people to be able to do that. And then the other thing is, like, all, all of, like, like, neighbors and the coworkers and the colleagues, like, they, they miss all that context. Like, they don't even know that. I've never told them that story. They don't even understand that that's how I got there. And so they really have this, like, context, this, like, inner dialogue of, like, they could all do it. Everyone could do it. It's like, I've literally been watching you guys complain about COVID and fucking homeschooling. You're like damn near dying and it's only been like a month. Imagine doing this for five years and like, you know, paying a mortgage or and it's just like all the all of the layers right? and dealing with the shit on top of like systemic racism. It's like people don't get it. Like this is it's 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 like impossible. And I, you know, and you're, I don't know if the sort of, when you talk about your neighbors and the people who see you do it and think that they can do it too, are, are these like white neighbors and friends or are they black neighbors and friends? So I don't think there's, maybe there's like a couple tech people on the block, but I don't think any of them have worked at the companies that I work at. So they've worked at like lower tier companies. So it's still, it's not the same type of like environment that, you know, there's really something to be being like mediocre and white like people just get they they really get shit and they're not that great and like I just know like how great I've had to be and and even really being around like other people who are like really great you know it's like even when I think about like I was at the New York Times dealing with like the like the chief data scientist was like my main person that I like go to lunch with and go to like dinners with and stuff and it's like this guy's like really 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 smart right he has like a PhD in AI from Columbia he like like he really is like really bright right or the whole the whole floor is full of like you know statistics professors at Columbia it's like okay well if if these are the neighbors these are the people I'm talking about okay but it's not like I'm talking about my neighbors who are like school teachers people who like worked at Lucky's for their whole life it's it's like I'm sorry but like y'all are pretty basic like it's not you're just you're not phenomenal in any way and and I think like the fact that um, even you, like, are not trying to, like, you're not, I don't see you, like, engaging, being, like, I'm a member of this community now, and, like, especially, like, in Oakland, right, like, this is, this has a history of, like, um, racial tension, and, and just, like, you know, like, advocacy, right, so it's, it's, these people are not trying to engage in that, they're just, like, what do we do, uh, like, uh, I'm white, and I kind of feel bad, but I, you know, I'm raising my children now, and, you know, this is where I want to live now, and I'm here, and I don't know, I guess that's as far as the conversation, it's not even a conversation, it's just, like, doing their, like, gentrifying activities, I don't know, I don't even think people stop going to school, like, their kids are, like, still going to preschool, it's, like, I, I, I don't know, it's, it's quite a lot, I just, that's another thing that's, like, really tricky, right, because, like, I have a friend now, and he's texting me, like, I don't even know how, his, his PM, I guess, is talking to him about a project that's due. It's like, oh, you know, you're going to turn the project in. And it's just kind of like, the world is on fire, bro. <laughs> like, are you, really? You know, and it's like, no, really. Like, capitalism, it just keeps going. Like, it just keeps going. It just yeah. keeps going. And that's, an, so there's, there's other things that are 
interesting with some of the conversations I had over the weekend, like, um, rent, right? Like rent isn't going to be due for a lot of people and they're not going to be able to pay their rent. And like where I know that most of the people who are going to be dealing with evictions are going to be black and brown. And that's really fucked up. Like where are these people going to go? You know, like how, why is there an expectation that people are not going to protest and are not going to riot? Whose expectation is that? I feel like societies. It's the people who are, who are on Twitter who are, who are just kind of like, I don't get, they're, they're criticizing the rioters. Right? They're, they're insinuating that there's something wrong with it. But I really resonated with, like, Tre- Trevor Noah's speech this week when he was saying, like, the social contract. Like, America is not living up to the social contract for, for black people in this country. And it, like, never has. So never has. Yeah, I mean, so why so would there be an expectation that people would, like, abide by the social contract? Like, the only reason that most people don't, like, loot is because of the social contract. Because, like, socially we've all said, like, yeah, looting's not good. Just go get a job and then work for the things that you want. But, like, if you actually can't get a job or if you're fired from your job or if you don't have any money but it's, like, you've, like, never had any money, like, what? The social contract doesn't apply. Like, all the shit doesn't apply. It's not... Yeah, it's, like, really trying to bring rationality to an irrational conversation, so... I mean, it seems like that part of the looting is, I mean... <clears throat> at least for the big box stores that are being looted, I mean, part of it seems like it's a message, not necessarily just trying to get material items from it. Yeah. Right? Because big box stores are ran by white imperialist, capitalist, you know, materialism that's destroying the world and our society at large. Yeah. Right? So there's messaging there, too. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing about rioting is like, it's it's a it's a message, right? Exactly. Yeah. That that something's not that something doesn't feel that something's not going right, right? It's a, I mean, it's the preliminary part of a revolution. Mm, yeah. And I just that doesn't mean that there's not problems with it, but you know, it, but it's it's important that people have the right to gather, and unfortunately, we haven't negotiated a way to do that peacefully or nonviolently because we've been using violent tactics right to keep society you know under control the i just i, I kind of wonder like what i'm thinking about how to move forward i can't like i actually can't i can't unsee what i saw right like i can't unsee the the silence like i can't like as much as I admired, like, Peter Abiel before today, before this weekend, he said nothing about this. Like, nothing at all. At all. He's been silent. And I can't look at him the same way. I just can't. Because it's almost like, oh, well, you know, if I died tomorrow, he'd still be talking about, like, reinforcement learning. He'd be like, it's, it's all good. It's kind of like, well, if he died tomorrow, I feel like I would be sad. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, if something was happening to the Jewish community, I'd be like, this isn't good like oh my gosh but it's like that there isn't that um reciprocity and therefore it makes I like I, I do see myself as a human so if I see another human who doesn't respect me in that way like 
my respect to them is lost, which is what the way that I feel about my neighbors. Like, well, you know, I kind of feel like when I needed support, it wasn't there. And then, I don't know, I can't still see... I feel like that maybe just about so many people. It's not even that they're canceled. Because, like, I even feel like the idea of canceled is, like, you're pretending like someone doesn't exist. It's not even that. Like, I, I, I know that these people exist. But it's, like, it's also that I know they're a problem. And I feel like maybe that's, like, it's a weird new strategy. Because also, like, so this, oh, so I, I think I told you. I went on the, um... So I did go and I, I hung out with my cousin and that was that was interesting. It was nice. Um, I've I just totally forgot actually how much stuff we have in common. We have a lot in common. <laughs> like, but she was in London, so um, that's another thing too where I feel like I I couldn't have any expectations for her because as I went through all that, she was literally in London. And even then, on my birthday, and, and she didn't even have a phone, but she still managed to, like, use social media to send me messages, which I found later. And so I was kind of like, okay, she's not canceled, because, like, she, first of all, she was in a different country, and I don't, I don't know, this wasn't really about her. But um, I brought, I bring that up to say that this other cousin who was there reached out to her being like, oh, I'm trying to get in contact with Olivia, and I had to explain to her that this cousin has been canceled and she was like oh that makes sense I get it so it was interesting like she was you know easily able to um empathize but it also could be layers because that was like a text message sort of um exchange and so there's probably a lot of parts where she doesn't understand but her messaging to me was like okay I get it she was trying to mediate or get in touch with you through the other cousin? The other cousin, the one who I basically canceled, yeah, started sending her messages like, oh, I'm trying to get in contact with Olivia. And then she told me this, and I was like, oh. And so I had to explain to her. Um, How did it feel that she was trying to get in touch? Um, It's not, so that's another thing. So one of the friends that I have is like, um, I don't know if she's like, so I, I've, I've told you on multiple occasions about like Jamila and Jamila, um, is yeah. she just, yeah. So she, she is still in contact with this cousin over the, like she didn't kick her off of her social media or anything. Like, you know, she, she's still been, um, there for her or not there for her, but just in her network. So she, she will like casually bring up things that like she would post or anything. And I had to tell her like, please don't bring those things up to me because like this person is no longer a part of my life. Right. And so for so the the line was like very clearly drawn. And and like, um, I think that it um, certain it was certain things like my cousin made a post about my mom. Right. Or, and it was like something about Mother's Day because she like uh, feels closely to my mom. So that's why Jamila brought it up to me. But then I also told Jamila how I feel about my mom. Like I didn't even make a post about my mom. Right. So like it's kind of like. <laughs> Um, everybody's basically canceled in, in my eyes, but, um, I really feel like she did not and does not understand. I feel like there's just a lot of parts that she doesn't understand. Like contextually, I don't think that she sees herself in my narrative the way that I see her. And that, that's, that's actually another thing that came up with my, even my brother, like, um, we had a family meeting yesterday 
And um, he was talking about, you know, the fact that he feels like the court chose um, Ariel, Ariel's father's family over our family. And he, he kept going with this narrative about, like, things that happened and how, like, you know, he doesn't want to really, he does he's like, I don't want to talk about it, you know? And I'm like, well, here's the thing, like, I know for a fact that you're missing a lot of context. Because, like, for some parts, you literally weren't there. All you, all you got was, like, third-party, like, information. And it's, like, incorrect. But you don't even care to, like, fix that information or to, like, understand what really happened. That's one thing that's kind of telling. And then another thing, it made me feel like, I think it, it just, it, re, it, it like, uh, solidified um, the sort of idea that I had that he should be canceled, right? It's like, you, I, I really feel like you don't give a shit about, like, how, like, you, you two played a part in what happened, even if it was, like, your support didn't come off in a way that was, like, productive. So, do you feel like you want to cut him off? Well, he did. Your brother? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I participate in the family meeting because we have, like, real family business that we have to, like, attend to. But, like, he does not have my number. My mother doesn't have my number. Like, no. You might not be able to do this healing work with them in, in your life, you know? I mean, I would, I'd be curious to know if, you know, if cutting off means forever and, you know, they are your, they're your family. And, you know, I can, I can really feel that you feel abandoned by them. But you might not also be able to do this healing work in such close proximity and that might be might be your truth yeah it's just also very strange because like I do feel like in this weird way like my cousin my brother and my mom they feel like we are a community as if like as like my relationship with Ariel equates to their relationship with Ariel and I don't see it like that like and I know you you said this before but I'm like I am going to, like, move, right? And, like, I am going to, like, have a relationship with my daughter, but, like, I'm not building a bridge between my daughter and them. I feel like the same protective barriers that I have for myself uh, away from them, I would want to continue to apply those barriers to Ariel. They are, they are not talking about it like that. Why do you think that your brother has taken the position that he's taken? I think it's out of like honest like confusion. Like he doesn't he doesn't know the whole story and the only way it's like context is so important. Like context is so important. Like if you literally see a bomb go off across the street, you might think it's a terrorist attack not knowing that it's somebody like it's recon it's reconstruction happening. Like the, it context is like really important. It's really important. And like I don't think my family members understand that. Do you feel like he's not open and available to you setting the story straight? Yes. Setting up the context? Yeah. To me, that's what he, you, he made clear yesterday. Because I tried to do... Why do you do, think that is? I, I basically said, like, don't you want to know the whole story? Like, don't... And he was like, no, it doesn't matter. I don't want to talk about it. 
It doesn't matter. That's what happened in the past. That's the same thing my mom says. How would you feel about, I mean, do you think he knows that he's quote-unquote canceled or that you don't want to be in a relationship with him because he won't well, I mean, make space to understand that you're part of the story? I feel like to an extent, yes, because like, you know, in one of the meetings before, my mom made it clear that he doesn't have my phone number, and there's like a reason for that, so. But also, like, I'm not, I'm just not sure that he cares. That's another thing where my mom. You're not sure he cares. Yeah, I'm not sure he cares, and I'm not sure even my mom cares, right? Because like, they literally, to me and to other people, they continue to talk about our family as if everything's fine, you know, (laughs) like. Like, oh, yeah, no, my sister is good or something. Or, like, maybe she's not good. I don't know what the fuck he says. Or, or and like, my my mom, because we are, well, I guess, living together, that I'm not sure what that means to her. But the, to, to me, like, it's funny. Like, my friends have asked about my mom, and I've had to have a whole breakdown conversation. Like, we're, we're just, we're not close. Like, it's a really bad situation right now. It was a whole thing where I was, like, having to explain that but like they are not I do not feel like that is their like they don't understand that and I think maybe it really is because of this like proximity thing where it just feels like everything is the same and everything is normal normal right but I mean it's so far from that yeah something here around them not wanting to like face like they want to normalize what's happening in a way that feels like there's some sort of positive regard and you're not willing to stand for that narrative. Absolutely not. Because then it would, um, it would normalize the behavior. It would normalize what happened as if we can move past this. And no, like my, my, I I thought my life was going to end last year. Like my, my actual life. Actual life. And, and like, I really felt like my daughter's life ended last year. I don't know what life she's living now, but like it ain't normal and it's like it's not good. And um I have no idea how to heal or fix that. And especially that's another thing. Like I know how much of a critical critical thinker she is. I can't rationalize their story to her. And if they're not even willing to rationalize their story with me, what what the fuck like I don't it's like okay well then I guess the same invisibility that's here now for them can just continue to exist because like I I don't know what to say what do you think the story they would tell Ariel would be mom's crazy or something like I don't I feel like that's a story my brother would probably live with And it's crazy because, like, the story actually doesn't make sense, right? It, it, and I feel like it's something that, that I mean, you have to be a thinker like, to think about this. It's like, okay, so, like, what is a crazy person? It's like, okay, maybe it's, some people say it's, like, a person who does the same thing over and over again expecting different results. Okay, maybe that's that's one way to think about it. Oh, it's a person who, who like, can't talk. Okay, well, that doesn't fit here. It's a person who can't think. Okay, that doesn't fit here. It's a person who goes to the mental hospital. That's what it is. Those are the crazy people. It's like, okay, well, 
And that's what it is. Well, I'm sorry that they hold you in that position. I can't. This is, I feel like my new philosophy, I suppose, or my new coping mechanism is to just really realize, like, where I am and what I am going through right now and the direction I would like to go in the future. Identifying other people who would like to go in that direction and who have a complementary philosophy <laughs> and then just moving in that direction with those people. And just also realizing that some of the people who are, like, aligned with me are not. That's researchers, that's, you know, family members, friends, like, whoever it was, exes, like, all those people, neighbors, like, whoever it is. If they're not aligned with my, like, philosophy moving forward, there's just no reason to, like, expend any time to, like, try to... No, I'm not, I'm, I think, it's just, I'm not spending any time to humanize them. Because they're not humanizing me. So are you saying that you don't want to be in alignment with anybody who, like, challenges you? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't want to, I'm not going to acknowledge the presence of people who do not acknowledge my humanity. So What does that mean to you? That means, like, if if civil unrest is happening because of, like, systemic racism in America and you can't even acknowledge that that is happening and it's real to me therefore you are acknowledging that you don't think that black people are human and you don't care therefore you don't see me as a human and you don't care so then i don't care about your humanity any longer where i might have before now i don't do you think your mother sees you as non-human i think she sees me as extremely flawed I do think she sees me as human. I think my flaws outweigh my humanity with her, therefore making it um, sort of like she's unable then to support my humanity because my flaws exceed my humanity. Sounds like it's like giving up on you. Exactly, yes. That's the way I would describe it as well. that's true today yeah because that's another thing that i'm starting to realize in the same way that the protesters and the rioters are at a place where they have no other options they don't like they don't have the time to strategize they are at a place the frustration the anger is too much to bear i really feel like Maybe it's like the her my mother's like black existence in America, her poverty, her whatever it is that is already bearing on her life. Like she doesn't have the space to give me to like see my humanity. Like that that actually requires like like having meaningful relationships requires work, and that's a, that's another thing I'm really starting to see. Like the meaningful relationships that I have in my life right now, it's because I built them up over years, right? And I've, like, invest. even though I feel like, also, because I, I told you, like, I was bucketing my life. So even as I bucketed my life, I put enough into those buckets for there to, like, be something there, right? Like, where I feel like the bucket with my mom and my brother is now empty. Maybe, like, whatever happened last year, whatever little bit there was, it's gone now. 
I feel like whatever little space I had in my bucket for like, you know, my neighbors and like those other moms and like, you know, false friends and researchers who don't see my race or don't give a shit about my humanity. Like I had space for all of them and now I just don't. I don't have any space right now. You know, I think that there's a part of you that really needs to feel that. I mean, there's a part of you that fears for you, to be honest, because I don't want you to. I don't want you to like wiggle yourself into this place of like isolation or cutting off all of your relationships. And, uh, and yet at the same time, I, I, I want you to know that I hold that fear for you. And also like, I really understand where you're coming from. Like I hear you. That's another thing. I feel like I am starting to understand, um, that there's space for new relationships, but there's also, there's not, there isn't space for this like weird dichotomy where like I sit in ML world pretending like racism isn't real, right? Because like then right. and, and I feel like I've tried to be vocal about that for my entire existence in tech. Just like, yo, something is wrong. Like y'all should have way more people like me here, and you don't, and it's a problem. And some people being like, bullshit. All the smart people will win out. Like you're tripping. And it's just kind of like, no, I'm not, I'm not tripping. Like, uh, nope, this is, this isn't, this isn't good. Like, your things are not okay, right? So, I also do feel like, though, in order to do that, I, I feel like I'm really starting to understand the need to use my voice. Like, to use my voice to have have an opinion, really. Just, just have an opinion. Because in the same way that I feel so passionate about the researchers that I looked up to not saying shit, I can also be a person who's, like, not saying anything, right? Like, cause that's not helpful either. So. How do you find your voice? Um... I feel like I remember maybe that's a weird thing because I I just feel like I've had so many conversations I've had enough experience where uh, something that will some sort of trigger a photograph a talk a song you know a tweet something it, it just brings up some sort of memory in my reality that that kind of sparks a thought right and it encourages me to speak where do you think that memory comes from just like my my life your innate self how might you how might you actualize using your voice during this time yeah, like one thing I was thinking about doing, one thing I did actually do, I, I watched the Malcolm X movie over the weekend and I made this like photo journal of the movie where you, yeah, you have like these uh photographs and then little snippets. Some are his talks, some are quotes from other people in the movie, but it really helps me because I'm like, okay, we have been here before as a, as a society. We've been here before, right? And there are people who, like, he was in jail for quite a while, and he, I would definitely qualify him as a person who's more knowledgeable than me. So I'm like, okay, if I go back and, like, read what he said, then it will, like, inspire me, and that's what I did, right? 
And then I listened to a little bit of like James Baldwin, same sort of context. And even I even started to understand. And I feel like this is so weird because growing up, I've ne- I never understood Martin Luther King. Like I just looked at him as like a simp. I was like, really? You just watch people die and you never did shit? I, I guess I didn't understand the purpose of nonviolent protest. I didn't get it. And then one thing I understand now is the um, the training that goes into being a nonviolent protester. Like it's you you like the hard it's hard work exactly. But it, you, like you actually need some sort of training to do that. Like you yes. you need to understand what's coming at you. I feel like this is the part of this is where I failed last year in terms of like what happened with Alvin like I didn't have all these skills to actually like deal with conflict it's it's like conflict right. resolution like That's it's right. really understanding you're because he wasn't so passive as though like, like he was actually out out there walking and protesting and he he had many things to say it's like when someone would say something that's like against what he said he wrote letters like the letter from the Birmingham jail it's like I actually get it like this is this is where policy comes in like this is the reason that we have laws like that's the whole last point right it's like but most of the protesters and and a lot of the young people who are just simply frustrated they actually don't know those laws and there's no one there is no more martin luther king's like sitting there like explaining it and talking about um you know (laughs) like political action or non-violent protest or even you know um I think toward the end of his life, he became more of like a socialist. So even talking about what socialism is and how certain policy could work toward that, like, I, I really don't know if we're, we're there uh, in terms of like most people who are engaging right now in the conversation. I don't think we're all there. It's a skill not to react. Yeah. Yeah. I like a big one. Yeah. It's a lot of work to not react. But that's another thing that's kind of weird because then I feel like it's almost validating those like researchers who aren't saying anything at this moment. That's different than being apathetic. What do you mean by that? To be apathetic is to look the other way or to be is to, to choose to not use your voice. Is right. to choose to be silent. Yes, to choose to not participate. Right. Nonviolent forms of communication or nonviolent forms of protesting is participation in a really big way. Right. You're actually choosing to use your voice, your body, your energy. You're you're being known. You're letting yourself be known. You're taking a position. You're participating. You're not your eyes are wide open. You're looking right at the problem, taking it on, you're experiencing it. You're letting it come into your body. So, right? what about the people who are only being critical of the pro the 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 looters, right? Like there are people who are participating in the conversation simply to amplify looting and to call out looting for being bad without like even uh, contextualizing the reason that the looting is happening or the systemic racism. Well, I'd be wondering who those people are. The Ann Coulters of the world. Right. The Ann Coulter's you know, and, and and it's like this is a, it's a classic thing, right? Where it's like an inverse problem, where they're taking the problem that created a problem, and the problem that is like 
more advantageous to focus on for the people who are privileged, they're going to focus on that problem and invert the problem back towards, oh, you see, the problem are this subset group of people. Okay, so it creates a hierarchy rather than being like, I think actually Michelle, but I think maybe it was Obama put out something saying we need forms of nonviolent communication and nonviolent protest, but I totally understand why people are being violent right now. Yeah. I really have compassion and empathy for the people who are looting, and I totally get it. So it, we need we need both. We need like an opportunity to say like, hey, we feel the pain. We see the pain. Yeah, I mean, I would be throwing a temper tantrum too. I would be burning and looting and like, fuck the world like the structure sucks and it's it's the destroyer that comes out right like it's the archetype of the destroyer but it's in it's in the it's in the shadow because it's unresolved and it's so painful and it's not necessarily going to receive the like light attributes of the destroyer which would be like what we hope would be like the boon of the of the rebirth right is to actually seek change right so it's 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 convoluted in that way and so people want to people want to focus on the shadow attributes of it rather than saying like oh i see the structure is being destroyed by the people yeah. how do we how do we use that in a way where we bring consciousness into form by saying oh we need change at a systemic level how do we rebirth this new cycle of life so I think that the people who want to criticize and keep systemic racism alive are only going to focus on shadow attributes. But that they're the same people who, who claim that systemic racism doesn't exist. Well, well right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's really hard. It's like what you said, what we've been talking about for months, which is like part of what makes systemic racism and injustices so difficult is the the wicked manipulation that's involved in it the gaslighting you know that um this isn't real you have privilege to you're born in america you have just as much access to everything else as everybody else does and you're saying no i don't there's nothing true about that right i mean privileges yeah. when it doesn't affect you, so you don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about college or graduate school or money or housing or, you know, medical assistance or vacationing or anything else. Yeah. Right? And that's not evenly distributed across society. But because there's so much pain in, in that type of privilege, it's so far suppressed. I mean, that's the only way violence could have been sustained for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years was to suppress that when we're talking about um when i'm thinking about using my voice do you think it's useful to like use to actually to to combat that narrative like um to engage with people who have that sort of sentiment because like i, I also feel like i'm in a place where i I actually do have something to say about it and not in a way where it's like, you know, I'm cursing at people or, or really shutting down the conversation, but actually being critical of it. 
I feel like I have the ability to do that, but I'm just not sure if it's worthwhile. I think if you can, if you want to come forward with nonviolent ways to really speak your mind in an opinion, I would fully engage in taking on that freedom of speech, and I would, I would do it to whoever would listen to you, Olivia. It's so important. Why do you think it's important? Is it important to you? Well, it's important to me because I can't pretend that I don't see it. I see it, right? And, and I feel like if I see it and then, you know, I'm apathetic about it, it's kind of like, I don't feel like anything is going to change. But I do feel I like... I mean, I, I guess I take that back and I want to be just like... I just want to be like honest that like, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like, well, you need to use your, I mean, like, I feel like even as, you know, a white person of privilege or the therapist, like, I need to use my voice. Like, that's like, what gets really, I think, important during this time. It's like, who is really being silent, you know? And um, I think why we're seeing so much like burning and looting is because people who may be using their voices are not being heard. Oh, yeah. Like a little kid almost like there's a regression there right like the child is unheard or ignored neglected okay what do they do they throw a temper tantrum okay, that's their way of being heard so it's up to you know who's gonna listen and who's going to step in and use their voice to help mend it's a very complicated issue yeah. But yeah. However I can support you using your voice, I do support it. How how are you engaging in dialogue during this time? Yeah, I'm engaging in dialogue a lot. I mean, I feel like being a mental health provider, I'm in both groups that are mixed socioeconomic status and mixed race as well as uh, doing that work as a uh, as a white person as well um, to be really upfront and aware with what you know where I stand and how I shoulder with other white people and privilege so that um, we're doing our own work yeah that makes sense it does cool. okay let's continue this conversation on Thursday awesome okay okay Take care, Olivia. Bye.
Oh my god. It's like. Can you call these people? Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Thank mm-hmm. you. 